and we are rolling. So thank you for listening. My name is Tom, and this is Abroad Madness. Welcome back for another episode. What is it like to publish a book? Because that's, I mean, obviously every single place have like a different system and everything. But I've always because the one of the reasons I learned Jap, like not Japanese, Japanese I learned it for anime, but. One of the reasons why. <laughs> wow, it's true. It's true. Like I learned it for anime, and I found out that I still like enjoy Japanese, like English uh, subbing, and even in manga, I just read. I just read in English. So I'm like, why the fuck did I even learn Japanese for? <laughs> it was useless. But I, uh, the reason, one of the reasons why I got super super good in English, I guess, would be because I love Harry Potter. Yeah. I read all the books. I still have like the original copy in my house, and I told my mom, "I was like, Mom, do not throw away that shit. That shit is gonna sell. <laughs> you know, it's gonna sell." By <laughs> like first edition. No, actually, it did. I I think I'm not sure where, but the American version of it, like the first edition, actually sold for a lot of money. And I'm like looking at it, like yo, when I look at the article, I was just like thinking, my mom should better not throw away my books. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the things that I mean, when I why I break brought it up is, uh, if possible, I want to be able to write a fantasy story. Yeah, and maybe in the future, if I write a like a novel or something similar in like the similar aspects of like Harry Potter or like just a fantasy world, it would be cool. Like you know, so how did the whole process go? Like you know, so I would first I, like I would separate the writing from the publishing because I feel like they're two completely different things. Yeah, people should just write like for themselves, and they should try to make the the work as good as possible. And then the publishing, you know, it means you know bringing it, making it public, right? When you just write it and you show it to your friends, whatever, you can still control who reads it, who criticizes it or not. Right. But once you make it public, then that will go out of your control, right? Mm-hmm. So like anyone can technically read it, anyone can criticize it, they can even write bad stuff about it, right? So you have to be able to handle it, but. Basically, like, I just wrote it uh, throughout a few months. Yeah. And it, with poetry, like, and like fiction, like, poems, you can have in one book many poems that were not written at the same time or you weren't even thinking about putting them, putting them together, but then you find, like, common themes and then you compile them. I see poetry more like a, a museum where, like, you have an exhibition and you have to pick which paintings will be in the exhibition, right? So uh. you think common theme you think how how will you tell a story in that wall you know like with the paintings right and poetry is and you wrote maybe 300 poems and then you're going to pick out like which ones fit together and once it was done i just you know like everything's digital uh, like right now so okay basically i just sent an email to like 10 or 15 companies like publishing houses in portugal where I would explain what the book is about. I would attach the book to the to the email. And then I waited. Like most companies did not respond. Okay. One, one of them gave me an okay like review, but they said that they were they were going bankrupt because of COVID. Oh. So they couldn't publish me, but they sent their like best regards, you know, like best wishes, whatever. And then one of them they were like, Yeah, we wanna work with you to see if we can publish this book. So they sent me some suggestions for me to like revise like proofreading Mm -hmm. and revising it i resubmitted a second version and then they said okay we're gonna do it and from that time on like around like half a year 
I would exchange emails with people, the people in charge. We would have like Zoom meetings. We would discuss how we could make it better. And now we already have like a cover. We have like everything like ready for release next month or, or yeah. in February. Yeah. So it was mostly like a lot of emails, a lot of Zoom meetings, and that was it. Maybe before COVID it was different, but now, and also because I'm in Japan, right? So like I couldn't right, go right. to actual meetings in Portugal. Um, that's how it went. It was very smooth. Like I didn't have to spend so much money or time on it. Like I just had to, you know, do my job, revising, proofreading. It's quite simple. Yeah. But the thing is like most, like the most important point is like most companies did not respond. And that's going to be the rule, I think. I know people who like they've published a lot of books and they say like when they were starting out, most companies did not bother to even respond to their emails or their letters. Whatever. How did you get like all these publishing companies? It's just you just Google publishing company in Portugal and you just went. I mean, them, I'm. Like I like reading, so I know a lot of publishing houses uh, okay. in general. But the one that I actually accepted to publish, I didn't know them before, so I was just looking up like recent publishing houses in portugal mm. so all the big ones did not respond like the ones that have the money you know <laughs> <laughs> like who the fuck are you yeah they were like like we have so many emails like we can respond to every single one but then i found this publishing house that started i think four years ago and they were uh. doing like first of all like, like the, the the artwork on the covers was quite nice and i i know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover but it really helps when when the design is pretty it really helps yeah. to make I, it stand out you know i, I judge so a I book, like, book by its cover yeah i was I just yeah i was super impressed by it and i just tried to contact them and fortunately like in within like two months they gave me a response so it was not too bad it was two months is quite good i've been doing mostly like trans like I, i'm published in portugal as a translator so i, I translate manga <laughs> i don't know if i told you this but no. i translate manga from japanese to portuguese and so the Official. portuguese editions of yeah, official. Yeah, wow. totally. So you get money from yeah. that shit. Yeah, and not so much money as you would think, but at least my name's there, which is quite good. I actually did try. I tried it out with like illegal, <laughs> like translating. Oh, with... you mean like the like the bootleg? Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was like, you know, they were like, oh yeah, if you like, they were just they just wrote that like, oh, hiring translator, like everything. I was like, oh, it would be. I was still like, you know, in university, and I had like some time on my hand. And I was like, yeah, why not? And then so like send an email and just told them, yeah, I'm living in Japan and everything. And I have like three chapters with my name on it. <laughs> yeah. The thing about like, you know, like the bootleg translations, they're much like, Shittier. they're so fast, but, but they're so fast. Yeah. That's obviously. the thing. Like official translations, they have to take so much, like so much time to do it properly. Yeah. And then they have to submit it to the Japanese headquarters. They have to give their approval. Mm. With the bootlegs, like they have it in like a few hours, it's up. It's yeah. like, how did they even do it? It's crazy. Because they, they were rushing me. Like I actually, because you know, I still have to do my university work. So they were like, hey, can you get this done by like a week-ish? And I guess that was, you know, quite still very i i wasn't doing like you know the more like uh what is that mainstream stuff i was doing like a, yeah yeah like what like there was this like one <laughs> it's like it was actually a funny experience like why i thought about it but well i did this one about a match like i do a lot of the like spirited away <laughs> part like you know the isekai stuff yeah the yeah. isekai stuff there's uh, what, what's that called? i forgot like this one about a vet <laughs> a vet got isekai into a vet? yeah 
Van the Isekai into. I I really love like Isekai like mangas. I go through a lot of them. So there was this one with a vet, and then I had to do like around two or three ep- uh chapters, and then I think after that they were like asking quite fastly, and I couldn't you know make the deadline, so they kind of just kicked me out, and I was like, okay, sure, that's fine. But, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Like I think two days uh, a few weeks ago, I see like oh isekai, oh, okay this is interesting. So I looked it up, and then I strangely feel like you know after reading some parts, I was like this kind of looks similar, like familiar, and this kind of like the the style of writing also kind of feels familiar. <laughs> and then I look at the you know the part where they write the translator's name, and I was like oh yeah this was me, <laughs> I did this shit. <laughs> you forgot I was the one you did. Yeah. I completely forgot about it. And also, I remember you also hosted something on Instagram, and you were doing like an event, and you were doing like pro- like translation. Oh, you mean like in, in like interpretation? Yeah. Like on, yeah, that was like um, like I don't do it that often because I'm I'm not professionally trained for interpreting. Like, I'm a written translator. Like, I translate mm. texts or yeah. uh, media as well. Like, I've done like documentaries and stuff, but. I, I've also done a movie once. Like I did like this movie from the fifties. Okay, that's cool. You know, like, like it was like a Japanese movie. I I, I had to translate it, like transcribe it and translate it into Japanese, oh. and then they would put the subtitles. It was quite good. But uh, I don't do a lot of interpretation because it takes professional training. I feel. And it's stressful. But uh, you know, because of yeah, it's super stressful, and because of COVID, like. There's not a lot of interpreters in Japan at the moment for for European Portuguese and the Portuguese embassy. Like they were like doing this like literature event and they would have the Portuguese author uh, doing a lecture through Zoom. He knew English, but because the event was about Portuguese literature, he didn't want to speak in English. He thought it would be kind of stupid. Like it's an opportunity for you to listen to our language, so right, he didn't want right. to speak in English. So I had to like interpret what he was saying. For the Japanese audience, and that was that was it. And also, like there was a Japanese doctor, uh, so like he, the author was talking about a book that uh, discusses like mental like mental health, mm-hmm. and there was also a Japanese doctor who was asking some questions about that issue as well. And so I had to like translate the conversation between the two of them. He was weird, but the thing is, like the, like the Japanese doctor, he was actually from Niigata University. Oh. Like, which I didn't know before. Like, right. when we met at, at the spot, like, he was like, oh, so, where did you study Japanese? And I was like, oh, in, in uh, Tokyo and in Niigata. Oh, really, Niigata, where? And I was like, Niigata University. He was like, well, no shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm also from Niigata University. <laughs> kind of like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, Niigata University students in Tokyo, especially. Yeah. I was like, three days before I quit my job, I found out. Two of my colleagues were from Niigata. Oh, like I, I, I heard them, I heard them talking about going back home for like New Year. Yeah. And one of them was like, "Oh, I want to go to like this part of like Maki." And I was like, Maki? "Oh, do you mean Maki like uh, like uh, Niigata?" And he was like, "Oh, how did you know that?" And I was like, "Oh, because I was living in Uchino. Like it's the same line. Like right, they are right. like, like Uchino to Yoshida, right? <laughs> you have the the one that stops in Maki." And he was yeah. like. Why didn't you never tell me? <laughs> you never asked. You never told me exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It took us two years to know that he was from Niigata. Yeah. Like a shame. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a lot of people in Tokyo from Niigata. How was the event? Like, you know, doing. Ch- was that the first time you did the interpretation? Or was it like. Uh, already a it few was times? the first time on a, on a stage. Oh, wow. Stage. Yeah. 
I did it a few times in like events, like for example, in the Tsubame Sanjo, like every year they have the, um, the fair, like the, um, I think import export, I think is like the, the one where they showcase all the, all the stuff that's made in Tsubame Sanjo. Uh-huh. And then they have like the people like from different companies, like from abroad, they come to see the products uh, and then they make these like business meetings to, you know, decide what they're going to buy. Oh, right. That's pretty cool. Like I'm yeah, currently so, working in Tsubame Sanjo. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I went there, for, like, I think it's the Metze, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Have, like, ah, the... yeah. 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 So I went there for the fair with like these two Brazilian businessmen <laughs> and I would sit in their meetings, like between like the Brazilians and the, people from Tsubame Sandra and we would discuss like the negotiations and I also did some stuff like that back home I did interpretation for tourism I did it once like on the bus you know like with the microphone oh, yeah 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 for yeah. a group of like Japanese like retirees like they were in Portugal like traveling and that was kind of fun but yeah on a stage it was the first time and I was like I, I was I was kind of nervous but I wasn't like oh I'm so nervous it was more like oh fuck my life <laughs> <laughs> I, I regretted my decision. <laughs> At that time, you were like, "Why the fuck did I even agree to this shit?" Yeah, why like, did I? Yeah, why did I accept? Why did I agree? <laughs> you, you're questioning your like your your existence at that point. You're like, oh. yeah, I was just questioning my choice. You know? But then, like, once it was over, I was like, "Oh, this was actually kind of fun." And because you know, like, it was, I was on a stage, but at the same time, because of COVID, it was mostly an online event. Like, uh... there was only like maybe like fifty people on the like in the room. And then it was being like uh, live streamed somewhere else. But if it had been like before COVID, then maybe you would have like 300 or 500 people. And then I would be like, so nervous. Yeah, but COVID kind of like helped, helped out in, in that sense. Helped. Like, I mean, I, I, everybody hates COVID, but I'm just saying. That, I mean, I mean uh, everyone, everyone definitely has used COVID as an excuse. I mean, we definitely yeah. are like wishing COVID it would end. But then we definitely took advantage of COVID like, definitely oh yeah everyone I has used, like, i used covid like so many times as an excuse oh sorry i can't uh i right. can't go out with you because uh COVID, you know, you know pandemic, like, whatever. Situation, it's bad so yeah yeah i cannot pay for my meal because of covid yeah so definitely but i mean i actually did once like the whole like the translation thing once it was like for a private like a really private like conversation with a japanese friend and also a chef in thai they just wanted to ask like talk about some oh. like some like some business things and back then i was still a student so i was like yeah sure i'll help out and for one hour i was just like you know listening to the english guy talk and then i was translating in japanese in japanese and in japanese to english in one hour, I I already kind of gave up. <laughs> no, it's super hard. Yeah, absolutely. My brain was fried. Yeah. And like, I felt really bad because, you know, while they were listening to me translating, like, you know, that's always like a weird like time when they are not talking. And I'm just talking and I felt bad for that time. You know, it's like, oh, like you guys, <laughs> you guys have, could have more time because I just like, you know, took out too much time and like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it eats up like half of the time of right, uh, interaction. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, do you think one day with AI, like, you'll have like automatic translation oh, no. that works? It actually to a already... point where we, yeah. No, I actually seen it. I've seen it, and I'm actually scared of it. <laughs> like, not gonna lie. Uh, I like you know, like the ones that you can use uh, for traveling. They actually say, yeah. "Oh, you can just talk into it," and then they actually. Speak tell you what exactly what it says and so 
I actually saw this and I was like, yeah, you know, skeptical. This is probably just like Google Translate. That was what I was thinking. So I got my mom, you know, at that time, my mom came to Niigata. So I was like, oh yeah, mom, why don't you try it? And then I know that, you know, my mom has a very Malaysian accent, Chinese. So I just put Chinese and then I just asked my mom to speak into it. Apparently it picked up everything, what she said, and then just like it translate everything perfectly. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, even Google Translate has been getting so much better. Like when you think about how it used to be like right. eight, eight or seven years ago and you compare it to now. I mean, it depends on the language you're yeah, pairing it with. But the like the most commonly spoken languages have gotten so much better on, right, on Google right. Translate. And now you can even use like the, you know, like the Google Lens app, like the one where you can scan stuff. And yeah, yeah. You can translate like immediately, like right. even... Like handwritten stuff. Like once oh, I left like this handwritten paper on my desk uh-huh. and it, it was in Portuguese. And one of my colleagues was like, oh, what does it say? And I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I was <laughs> like, oh, let's give it a try. And he opened up like the Google Lens app. And even though my like my handwriting is so messy, but still it translated like 90% correct. Damn. And I would say like people, like actual people, they may, maybe they couldn't read like half of the letters because it was like messy writing. Uh-huh. But it could pick up like ninety percent of it. Yeah, like AI AI are stealing our jobs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's. it's, I feel like I have no future. (laughs) It's pretty scary. Like, I mean, I I'm pretty. At least I'm at doing like business. I'm doing business international business by the way. So I'm you know. There's the international part, but then mostly I'm more focused on the business part. So that's still fine. You know, I'm still kind of safe. <laughs> but yeah. if I were to good. do yeah. translation, uh, it's, pretty good. Uh, it's, it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah, I feel like like translation, like technical translation, I feel like AI is going to take over it at some point. Yeah. But like literary translation, I feel like it's going to take more time for AI to get there because... Like when you translate a, like a really good novel, oh, usually yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you have to understand what the author is trying to say and not just like word by word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of stuff, I feel like AI can translate it correctly, but not in the best way possible. Exactly, yeah. But if, if it's like a legal or a technical document, I feel like in 10 years, it's going to get so good that we, 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 we won't need as, mu- as many translators as we have now, I feel like. True. And I'm, I'm saying that even I am a translator, so I shouldn't be saying that. But that's how I feel about the future. Actually, do, like, do you use when you translate stuff? Do you use Google Translate to just translate mm. everything for you? And then no, just, like... um, I, you know, I don't use Google Translate. It, also, like if I'm if I'm doing a translation that's like someone's document, like someone's private document, ah, let's okay. say like a, a birth certificate. I've translated a birth certificate before. If if I type that into Google Translate, it will get assimilated into the AI. So like I I I I would be giving out their personal information to the AI. Okay. So that would be a breach of the information, basically. But oh uh, shit. I, I, <laughs> I use I use yeah I use dictionaries, of course. Like translators are not machines, so we need trans, uh, like dictionaries. I use this website called Lingui Lingui L I N G U E E. Lingui is great because it's a database of full sentences in uh, uh, any pair of languages you want. So you look up like a word, like uh, like a very technical word, for example, and you can see how it is used in context. So it's just not like the meaning of the word it actually gives you sentences that you can use as a frame of 
uh, reference. It's quite good. Lingui is actually from Deep L. Um, maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. actually looking at it right now. So like probably the Deep Deep L. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, but yeah, but that's Lingui. Yeah, Lingui is quite good. Yeah. yeah. So this the, the company this one Deep L. I'm not really sure. Let's just say D E E P L. Is a really, really, really good translator, by the way. Like I translated. Oh, okay. Like an AI translator, or yeah, it's basically just Google Chrome but better. Oh, I see. Yeah, I had no idea. I've been using this a lot. Like so. That's good. I mean, the reason why I ask you, you know, because I sometimes do have to do like translation stuff for my company, and it's very annoying. You know, I actually do not enjoy translating English to Japanese. I have a prop. I have like you know. I ra- I like doing Japanese to English because I I have like. Yeah, a- but you know, like one of the one of the like the core rules of translation, like of good translation, is that you should only translate into your mother tongue. Like, <laughs> so like yeah. for example, I'm not supposed to translate a book from from Portuguese to Japanese. That's like that has to be a Japanese person who knows Portuguese. They're going to read the Portuguese book. And they're going to translate into Japanese because otherwise, unless you're like really like fully bilingual, like yeah. you were raised in the place or something, it's going to be wrong or not like right. natural. Mm. So if it's like interpretation and there's no one else that can do it, then you have to do it out of necessity. But as a rule, you should only translate into your mother tongue or like a second language that you speak like almost perfectly, you know? Then I would not be able to do any shit because my mother tongue is Chinese. But then you know Chinese people from China can't read my shit, <laughs> and <laughs> like my the other language that I speak really well is English. But I mean I do feel like English is a big part of me, and you know it's some like I'm actually more comfortable listening to like you know my English as like on a podcast. Then listening to my Chinese, I cringe at my Chinese. Japanese is fine still. Do you feel like, well, like when you speak other languages, do you feel like a different side of you comes out, or yeah, definitely. Like, do you do you feel like it's the same person, or does it sound like a, a different like variant of you, or something like that? Uh, definitely a variant of me. Uh, like, uh, besides Malay, I don't, I don't think I have like a like I, what did you say a persona. Yeah, like, yeah, persona. Yeah, I definitely have like a Chinese persona, English persona, and Japanese persona. Definitely. Yeah, I I feel like that too, especially because like the things that I can talk about in Portuguese and to some extent English, there's so much more stuff that I can say in these two languages than all the other ones. Uh, and also yeah. because of culture, like I'm still very much a Portuguese person. Like I'm very like South European. Yeah. With South European values and. That really comes out in my mother tongue and to some extent in English. Um, but then in Japanese, I, I'm almost doing like this yeah. imitation, like this mimicry of what a Japanese person is supposed to sound like. And then it comes out weird. <laughs> it's kind of like, like, you know how, how like when parrots, they try to mimic people speaking? That's yeah, me speaking yeah. Japanese. <laughs> like very, very artificial, you know? Probably me too. People, when they know that you can speak several languages, they're like, oh, so what languages do you think in? Or like, what language do you, like, what languages do you dream in? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think in every languages. Yeah. Do you, do you also have that thing where like, you can't remember a word in your mother tongue, but you yeah. can remember it in, in Japanese, for yeah. example. Like, I mean, that, like, 
it, throughout this video, throughout this podcast, there was a few times and I'm like, <laughs> what was that word? What was that word? And you translated it for me. So like, yo, yeah, definitely that has happened. When people tell me like, oh yeah, they only just think in Japanese or anything. I'm like, no, actually I sometimes, normally I would think in English and sometimes in Jap- in Chinese, you know, like, but I do also think in Japanese sometimes. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like something like that. Oh and yeah, yeah, it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Mean, it's not even. Sometimes it doesn't. It's not just like I'm talking. Like, you know, I'm not speaking it. I'm actually thinking. It. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yo, know, in Japanese or something like that. I guess it's like kind of like a sign to show that you've achieved some sort of fluency in language. I guess so. Yeah. Hopefully. But at the same time, like when you speak those languages, it kind of comes out like in a way that's like very particular to you, right? Yeah. There's. There's this, like there's like Japanese like the Japanese language yeah. and then there's like this thing that I speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like I used to just say like it's like and whenever someone doesn't make sense of my Japanese, I'm like, yeah, just get used to it. This is tamago, <laughs> like tam like yeah, exactly. my language, tam yeah. tam language. Completely. But even like even in our mother tongues, I feel like that is true to some extent. Like uh, like I told you about the man the the manga tra- translations that I do right. like and. Someone was telling me that I use the word in Portuguese that they did like they, they never used. And they were like, what is that? And I was like, oh, but everybody around me says that word. And that person who was also from Portugal, they were like, no one says that. So even though we were, we were like two guys from the 90s, to me, that word was completely normal and I used it. And this guy was like, I never heard that. And it's a small country. It's not like a big country where like you cannot like hear stuff. Like You would definitely hear the word being said somewhere else. That's kind of, kind of fun. It's, it is definitely kind of fun. Languages is definitely one thing. But I, th- yeah. I think that's pretty much like a good place to end the whole thing, you know, like us yeah. <laughs> talking about languages. <laughs> Just bragging about. You know, bragging about how, oh my God, we can speak so much. But yeah, thank you, Andre, for, you know, No, it was my pleasure. Um, was really, no, it was really fun. Like, it was a nice two hours and yeah time flies time definitely did fly yeah, yeah that's a good sign you know you like if, if you're if you're looking at the clock and the time doesn't go by then yeah, that's like, usually a bad sign but it's like usually yeah. like oh like i'm in class right now what the fuck <laughs> it's only been one minute <laughs> what the fuck yeah <laughs> but yeah thank you andre once again for coming on to yeah the it was great i'll be following the podcast oh, thank I'm you good. Definitely gonna listen to the next episode. <laughs> it's fine, you don't have to. But yeah, I'll good luck on your like your book, like your publishing book. And yeah, thank you. I'll try to sh- share it if I one day make sense of what you post sometimes. <laughs> Because everything is in oh. Portugal. <laughs> And I'm oh, like yeah. sometimes I'm like this you know, I, I like you know, I, I flip through Instagram like English, English, Japanese, Chinese, oh language i don't know oh okay andre okay excuse excuse yeah i'm gonna start including these like notes like i'm gonna write the portuguese one and then on the bottom i'll, I'll say something oh. like mind your own business tom <laughs> yeah dear tom this is what i meant yeah like <laughs> fuck you but yeah thank you thank you once again and hope, yeah th- like, thanks yeah. yeah thank you for the listeners for listening this is tom and bye bye